You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance. What up? What up? Slapdick Podcast, episode seventeen, coming at you. With heavy hearts, as uh, we're doing this live on this Sunday, as everybody out there in the world will know, uh, by the time this launches, uh, Kobe Bryant uh, has passed away in a horrific fucking uh, helicopter crash, man. If anyone that knows me, uh, all my good friends, people out there that uh, I've damn near come to blows with, arguing who the best NBA basketball player this world ever was. Uh, everyone that knows me is it was Kobe Bryant. Um, not only for what he did on the court, but obviously the father he was, uh, the Mamba Sports Academy that he had started, and uh, obviously he was a uh, iconic figure, not only in L.A. but worldwide. He spoke like fucking eight languages and uh, named all his kids after Italian names and so on and so forth, man. And uh, you know, I've I've felt sick all day long. Good friend of mine, Dave, uh, who was the barber on the on, on the show Last Chance You. Uh, me and him grew up together, and uh, you know we're 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 the we're we're the biggest Kobe fans you ever find. And uh, you know we had long conversations today on the phone, and uh, it's just saddening and it's sickening to hear that it, this, this this accident happened. Um, you know, even Spree, he's not a Kobe fan as a player, but, you know, obviously he knows he's an iconic figure. And, and, and it doesn't matter if you're a fan or not of the person or the player, you know, bottom line is you don't ever want anyone, your worst enemy, to go out in a in a plane or a helicopter crash. And uh, it's fucking sickening, man. All I can do is drink, man, and, uh, and uh, you know, pour one out for the homies, man. I mean, Kobe... Uh, Passed away today, and it's just uh, saddening, man, for all LA, um, all LA fans. Nah, I mean, left the lighter down there. Oh, his cat, Sogi. So, uh, the lighter, homie. Excuse us, people. We got dog situations. Sogi, Sogi. So my dog is uh fucking and fucking up and uh fucking up my lighter because Spree is a slapdick and left it out hanging and uh. So, you know, it is what it is. But it's real life shit because it's a slapdick pod. We're not going to edit shit. Um, but again, man, I, my heart goes out to the families and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, all the friends of Kobe Bean Bryant. Greatest hooper to ever walk the earth, in my opinion. Greatest winner. Best two-ball shooter, uh, two-guard shooter ever to live, I think. Best two-ball on the ball defender ever to guard the position. Um I just think he was the most well-rounded, hardest-working guy. So the quote of the day, man, and in a quote for uh, using uh, Kobe's quote, uh, I got to use a Kobe quote um, so uh, he gets all the credit, man. You asked for my hustle, I gave you my heart. That should go out to all you youngsters out there that's trying to aspire to be the greatest, man. You know, the, the sport that you play or the business that you're in, ask for your hustle. So we obviously, we all give it. Um 
but we also we give you our heart man so you you want our hustle we give you our heart and that's that's how he did it. he approached every day and uh it's i'm hard you know i'm in my guts wrenching man it's fucked up deal day to day uh and especially for him to pass away right up the street from where we are and uh in a helicopter crash it's just it's just it's just stupid to me i just don't get it but uh nipsey hustle died on a sunday kobe dies on a sunday on a gloomy overcast foggy day in la man it's just a sad day uh and then they got the the grammys going on yes sir at the staples and uh or in la and they got they got thirty thousand kobe fans out there uh fuck the grammys man hold up kobe's house is uh is is occupied right now so um it's messed up man uh bad day uh spree i don't know uh what your thoughts are man but all i could do is smoke and drink today yes it's a cold situation man we deal with it every day coming from the cities we come from so uh losing loved ones and and people is is damn near normal i hate to say you know what i mean Unfortunately, uh, it's expected. Yeah, yeah. So it's, but it's tragic, man. It's just you know, if somebody goes. It's the people they leave behind. You know what I'm saying? The ones that's gone is gone to the next whatever there is, <laughs> whatever you believe in, or or whatever. But uh, the cats that's still here living on this fucking in this hell box, we still here, and, and we got we the ones that got to grieve and shit. And and not to to forget, man. Um, there's still reports out there that there was nine bodies now coming reports that there's nine people on that, on that helicopter. It was a big helicopter. Apparently, um, um, you know, uh, it's unfortunate, um, that there was a Juco coach, um, Juco baseball coach here in Southern California at Orange Coast Community College. He was the baseball coach there for 28 years. Him, his wife and daughter were also on the, flight that died so shots out to them too um of course kobe's gonna get all the credit because or not at the credit but he's gonna get the fame because of the name yeah and he's gonna get a lot of the uh the tweets that you guys see but uh there was many lives lost today pilot everybody that you know it doesn't matter who passes away it's a life lost and uh it's a it's fucked up we've seen this so many times and uh you know so a juco product like myself passed away today as well in that same same uh, ride on the helicopter. So uh, rest in peace to uh, him and his family as well. Oh yeah, and plus you know now that shit Kobe's gone, man, he's he's not gonna be around for the you know the talks of the the LeBrons and who was better, who did this and who did that. Yeah. I mean we get wrapped up in all the you know all the talks. I don't like him and this and that. You know just for the sport of it, you know so. Uh, but when it's real life like this, all that shit goes to the wind, dog. Kobe's daughter, man, thirteen-year-old you know. Gianna, um, who you, everybody saw the video that's viral of Kobe coaching her up on the sideline, and uh, I have a daughter myself. Spree has a daughter himself. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it's that's that's so bad, man. That's worse. Uh, Lamar Odom said it best. Lamar posted a tweet: "If God would uh allowed him, he would have uh." been in place of Kobe on that flight and his daughter so um that's how I feel man it's like unfortunate man you know uh his daughter being on there that's 13 years old who Kobe's on record saying I didn't need a son my fucking daughter was gonna rep me <laughs> and that's yeah. some cold shit you know what I mean and Kobe just came out and and obviously he's been one of the most 
proactive advocate for women, female sports, and, and WNBA basketball players. Uh, he's a big part of getting them a raise. He's a big part of uh, of repping women's women athletics and uh, female athletics. And uh, you know, he he came out and said three or four WNBA players he feels can play in the NBA. So uh, wow. you know, his daughter was probably going to be one of them, and she was she dreamed of playing at UConn, man. For Coach Oriyama, so uh, unfortunate day, man. Sickening. I know Mark Jones is going to be on the show uh, in a couple weeks. Um, was an ESPN doing the Pelican game tonight. He just didn't even want to do the game. Um, and uh, Doc Rivers played uh, today, but he you Brian, know he broke down and shit yeah. before. Trey Young wore number eight jersey tonight for the Hawks, representing because he's also a Mamba uh, Academy client. Uh, just as so many NBA, Kobe Shoe is still number one shoe seller. And more NBA players wear the Kobe shoe than any other brand. That so, ugly ass shoe. Yeah. So, God damn. Must be comfortable. So. <laughs> nah, it must be Kobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know how that go. You, that tells you his legacy is yeah. is, is something that's uh, unfuckwittable. Um, that was an old rap song by Jamal. If you guys don't know who that is, <laughs> go Google it. Um, Pro Bowl was on today. It's a joke. It's a fucking mockery. It was on. Stop playing. Damn. Stop playing it. Um. Nobody wants to play it. The players don't want to play it. I've talked to players of mine that were in it. Um, they don't want to play in it. They want to check. I don't want to watch it. it you know, today, uh, D. Lyman got a lateral on a fumble and, and uh, or a pick or something, and then the receiver for the other team is running alongside of him, letting him score. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a joke. And, and Glo- some globe trotter sitter. You know what they need to do? Just like high school, I've been saying this. Put them on a piece of paper. Post the paper. You know, Kirk Cousins made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Fucking Drew Brees made the Pro Bowl. Like and, some P, some some uh, yeah. P shit. Go and, look, and, and you made it. You you know you can frame that. You know, yeah. keep that, and then uh, have the festivities on the weekend. Like like that's fun stuff. That shit's funner yeah. than the game. Yeah, right. Yesterday, yeah. you know, uh, you know uh, Russell Wilson throwing in the holes between DBs and trying to pick it off. That's a good last yeah. little drill. You know what I mean? Do those things, man. Um, even a seven on seven game or something, something yeah. just kind of fun. Like Marcella like said, play flag football, man. Yeah. Play a flag game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just unbelievable. Um, I got a topic real quick before uh, we have a guest speaker tonight um, that everybody will recognize once he calls in, um, and a lot of people requested him. But um, the Lakers, man, they may just be fakers. Uh, I'm a Laker fan. Of, of course, I grew up. I don't know how great the roster really is, um, but I really I. I can't, this is their deal. They've lost 10 games. They still have one of the best records in the NBA. They've lost 10 games, two to the Clippers. But this is what I'm most, most alarming to me. They've lost to Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. Sort of, all East Coast powerhouses. You're naming good squads, though, man. But that's what I'm saying. They beat up on the softest schedule in the NBA. Are they fakers or are they right. real? I mean, because they've lost. And then the other loss, they lost to Denver and Dallas. And that's nine. That's eight losses. So there's two other losses. I don't know. I didn't really. I'm not really. I'm not a fucking broadcaster. But I didn't research all that. But Good I know. Squads. I know those teams on the East Coast have beat them. And those are all teams. You know, Milwaukee's probably arguably going to be in the final. Or Boston or Toronto or Philly. One of those teams will probably be in the. You know, Miami's pretty good. Lakers have beat Miami twice, but still. Um, so the road it's just not through the West. You, you, uh, yeah, if you get yeah, there, you yeah. gotta fucking and, get to the and, East. And, you know, the East, the West is supposed to be this iconic power this year, which they are pretty good up top to bottom. But 
shit, there's a couple teams on the East that are pretty good, man. And uh, the Lakers haven't been, they beat the real, real top dodge teams yet. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. Um, I don't know. And you have seven games to do it in, too. Yeah. So, so that's tough. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, we'll see. Um, one thing is they aren't load managing. They are playing when they can. Um, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They do have a great road record. Um, you know, they're still going to be formidable opponents. I mean, they're not going to, they're, oh, yeah. they're pretty good, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm just curious, you know, I'm going to call it like I call it, like I see it. I'm a, I'm a realist and I want to know if they really are any good. Um, follow us on our YouTube channel, man. Um, it's in our link in our bios. Um, Get them subscribers up, man. Yeah. Follow Tell us, your friends, follow us on our social medias. Shit. Real coach underscore JB Spreewell Inc. Um, and, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna patch into a live caller, okay? Uh, and I'll introduce them. The Slap Dick Podcast today is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Um, breaking news: The Lawnmower 3.0 launch is coming to you. This is a public service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are in the first. We are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. Spree, I don't know about you, man. This 3.0 Lawnmower is uh, supposedly the best thing going. You said you bought Manscaped over Christmas or you got a gift. What's going on? Have you tried this shit out? Yes, that uh, 3.0, man. It, it, it's like going from a, a handheld manual push with the rotator, you remember that, Lamore, to a John Deere. So now I have a John fucking Deere for my balls. Really? Yes, sir. Well, when I tell you this is a premium, I mean premium. As you heard Spree just say, it's the John Deere of Ballscape. The battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. If it takes you 90 minutes to shave your balls, that's the first problem you have. One of the coolest <laughs> new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Yes. And let's not forget about the charging stand. This, in, this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging clock or dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product. And I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. And as always, your balls will thank you. So for a limited time, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the, coma, the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Please go get the Lawnmower 3.0 as it is brand new on the market and it will save your balls tremendously. Jeff, you there? Hey, brother. What's up? What up, man? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> oh man, we're we're filming this, man. So we're just we'll edit it, Jeff. If I say something stupid, we'll edit it for you. You know, I ain't gonna... <laughs> brother. I never worry about anything like that, man. I know you take care of me. No worries. <laughs> hey, I gotta. You sure, Jeff? Because that motherfucker don't take care of me. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I wish I was you. Hey, Jeff, that Jeff. makes me worried now. <laughs> hey, Jeff, this is my co-host, Bree, man. We grew up together. We played at Compton Junior College together, Fort Hayes State. So we, uh, oh, yeah. we, uh, we grew up right together. On. He's a good dude. Jerry's free well, but he's a... Uh, He'll, uh, he'll, he he goes by free, huh? Spree, yeah. spree, spree. Yeah, spree, whatever. Spree, gotcha. Like, like the candy. Uh, like you ever the had the candy gotcha. spree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bet. He's actually, That's Je- awesome. Jeff, he's actually related to Latrell Spreewell, if you remember that guy. Oh, is that right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's never, yeah, he's, he's, he's never met the motherfucker, but he's related to him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you, you, and you know how that go. You, 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 <laughs> you know the ending story of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the begin or the beginning of the ending. Yeah. Choking people. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> That's great. Hey, well I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce uh, our guest uh to the world out there. We got uh the voice of the Independence Pirates, um, who's been in, he's from Independence, Kansas. He's been there and uh he's a lifer there and uh his grandfather there and his, his family, his blood is is part of some very historical uh history and independence and he's a southeast kansan and uh it's the voice of the pirates and if you you out there listening to the show you guys will know his voice obviously from last chance you um you got uh jeff carpenter okay uh is on the show tonight and you'll give it up give it up uh you can follow Jeff on at JC Radio Sports on his social media so make sure you guys uh Follow uh, Mr. Carpenter on that. I know he's uh, Jeff. I know you've been. Uh, we ain't talked in a while. I've been swamped, man. I've been all over the damn countryside. You, you've been doing the basketball games at Indy. I know and uh, announcing those. And um, and Jeff, I always start off with a quote, man. We started the day off obviously with the horrific news of Kobe Bryant, who's 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 my favorite player of all time, and uh, and his daughter passing, and and a JUCO product too that just leaked. Um, the head baseball coach at Orange Coast Community College here in Southern California, 28-year baseball coach, was also on it with his wife and kid. Um, so it's been an unfortunate day. It's like a gut-wrenching sock in the stomach to me, obviously, being here in L.A., and he's an iconic figure. I think he's the best that ever played, and uh, obviously what he did here in L.A. with the Mamba uh, factory and the Mamba, um, you know, the uh, the workout facility that he's created here. And uh, it's been an unfortunate day, man. But my quote today was Kobe's quote, who said, uh, you asked for my hustle and I gave you my heart. And that was a Kobe Bryant quote. And I think that goes to everybody that's in the business world, sports world, whoever, you know, our business or our sport obviously asked for our hustle. And, uh, you know, for all those youngsters out there, I think we need to give them our heart. So that was Kobe Bryant topic. And, uh, it's an unfortunate day, uh, to say the least. Hug, hug your families. Kisses and hugs to your families, man. Yeah. Shit, every day. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, hug your kids that much tighter, no doubt. That's right. It's further proof, Jeff. You know, it don't matter how much fucking money you have, man. It can be gone in a damn New York minute. Yeah, it's really true, man. It is a huge tragedy. I mean, I'm still in shock. You know, when I first heard about it, I, uh, I was hoping it was, uh, fake news. you know, uh, erroneous right erroneous report of news and i thought you know surely this didn't happen and then uh you know it just kept getting worse uh finding out of course uh, his daughter also perished in the crash and uh, uh and as you mentioned uh you know the other people that were involved they lost their lives and you know it's just it's a true tragedy and um you know it just lets you know just how precious life truly is yeah. no doubt about it man uh 
again, Jeff Carpenter is on the show here, gracing us with his presence. I appreciate you, Jeff, calling in, man. I know it's a couple hours ahead uh, out there in Kansas. Um, for all the followers out there, I'm going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma tomorrow night uh, around this time doing a book signing and a uh, picture-taking uh, deal at Classic Cigars downtown Tulsa, uh, my my favorite cigar spot in that in the area. Um Good people there. Go come by and check it out. Uh, have a stick, tip on some yak, get a book sign, uh, come hang out. I don't know what games will be on. Probably basketball, but uh, it's a great environment, full bar. Uh, you can order food next door, and uh, it's a nice little spot in downtown Tulsa on Boston Avenue. Um, but getting back to Jeff, man, uh, what's been going on, man? How, how, how's uh, everything going, man? Hey, you know, man, it's just kind of business as usual. You know, I'm still uh, still running the gym there in the Odisha, Kansas, uh, okay. even a smaller town than Independence. So, no doubt. Um, I'm still been I've been doing that for uh, a little over 13 years. So that keeps going on, thankfully. And and as you mentioned, I'm I'm doing basketball now for Independence Community College. So, um, pretty excited about that, man. I, I've done basketball for several years in the past, but really have not been involved on the, the pirate side of things in the basketball scheme of it for several years. So this year got an opportunity to get back into it and, uh, and they're fun to watch. You know, the, the girls are doing good. The guys are doing well. And, uh, in fact, we just had a doubleheader last night, uh, in Indy and, uh, both of them won big. In fact, we had one of the, uh, the guys for the pirates that went off for 33 points. He had nine, three pointers. And wow. so, um, they're pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, no doubt about it. But brother, it's, uh, you know, pretty much the same stuff. Not, not a whole lot different. Um, you know, we don't have the cameras there anymore and I don't have you there anymore. So, you know, a, a lot of it is a lot calmer than it used to be. I suppose. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't know. I mean, that, that was one of my uh, questions. <laughs> Glad you beat I'll me be too. honest with you, man. It's, uh, and I don't mean to steal your thunder on what you're going to ask me, but it's, uh, it's a lot more tame now. And I, and I, you know, I miss you a lot. I mean, I hope you know that. I mean, we always had a great time hanging out and, uh, you know, those days I will never forget. And, you know, and, and this is honest to goodness from my heart. Um, JB opened so many doors for me mm. and gave me an opportunity to, um, be discovered by people, you know, all over the world. And, um, you know, honestly, I go places now and, and, if people don't recognize me by face from being on last chance, you, um, when I talk, they know my voice (laughs) and they know I'm the voice of the pirates. And that's something that I owe to JB because he gave me that opportunity. He's the one that brought last chance, you cameras to independence and Greg Whiteley, you know, graced me with, uh, the ability to be on that show. And I'm very thankful to him also. Nah, man, you're always, uh, you know, you're a class act brother in my book. You know, you always have been, you know, one thing about it is, man, uh, Stogie <laughs> has found a new leg to fuck. <laughs> and that's my co-host. That's my co-host, Spree. So, well, Spree, I'm glad. Yes. <laughs> Spree wants to uh, thank you. Yeah. And... Uh, and you might want to thank him, so maybe oh, I can get you out to California one day S- safely. Uh. But uh, he's got a leg up on me. So yeah. I'm glad. Or Stogie hey, uh, has a leg up on me. I told, 
Hey, I told people, Jeff, I said, man, I felt bad. And I said, man, Jeff took a lot of the, the brunt of uh, Stogie's younger, younger years, man. Uh, wow. He was a uh, bless you, Jeff. He was a legaholic, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Stogie was the reason I never could wear shorts in Kansas, <laughs> even in the summertime. No doubt. Uh, so all you listeners out there, Jeff had uh, a couple dogs himself. Uh, Stogie being a six month old to a year old or whatever, year and a half uh, in Kansas, you know, uh, Stogie took a liking to Jeff and his uh, his dog smells, and he 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 gave Jeff a hard time. And Jeff's a class act, though, man. I I would have been socking Stogie and Jeff. Took, <laughs> Jeff took it with class, man, and dig- dignity. Uh, Oh, yeah. I just loved him up, man. You know, no you doubt. know, I love Stogie, man. He's, oh, no uh, you know, we miss him too. Yeah, we miss him out here. Oh, shit, man. He. I understand now. You you have a new addition to the family. Yeah, Is that I, got, correct? I got a little girl we called Callie, and she's uh she's another fucking. She might she might be a fuck stick. I don't know. She's a slap dick for sure. But she's a borderline. Now she's much more mild mannered. And for, na- she, for now, for now, you know, she's only shit eleven weeks old, but um, she's growing like crazy, and she's uh, she's uh, she's got some hell of some markings on her. She's beautiful, but she uh, she's wild now. She will go after Stogie too. So she don't back down from shit. I tell you that, and uh, her and Stogie go at it, man. And uh, Stogie's sitting here laying, laying down right now as we speak underneath us. He actually yeah. sleeps during the podcast right under. He just you know him. He don't leave my sight. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I think maybe it sounds like Stogie might have met his match. <laughs> oh, he yeah. oh he yeah, he might have. Uh, <laughs> I should get him a fucking. Uh, if I got him a Tinder or whatever, I get. I just found out what that was. If I got him a Tinder, he would have uh, swiped to the right or whatever and oh, got us. T- <laughs> <laughs> and he would he would have got a he would have got Cali. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna do one of those well, deals. You, I, I did a deal. I don't know if you saw the little Facebook, Twitter, Tinder, whatever that link, little deal. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, I did a little. I uh, did see that. Yeah, I got to do Stogie one, man. Oh see, yeah. He, yeah. I think you're right. I think he deserves that. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm gonna have it, to man. do that, man. That's a good idea. I'm gonna have to do that and uh, and uh, send me a picture of your leg, will you, so I can put his Tinder <laughs> on it. <laughs> Yeah, he really didn't care which one it was, right. man. Yeah. He wasn't, that might be all four. That might be all four pictures. <laughs> hey, uh, Port, Port, Ports comes over and sees him on occasion to the new house I got, and uh, he goes after Ports still, and Ports is like, fuck it, I just let him finish, man. And I, don't even, I, don't even go, I don't even try to fight him off. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I miss Big Dave, too, man. Uh, he oh, is yeah. big. Dave is big. <laughs> That motherfucker's uh he's a shit head of his class. Uh, he's a huge one. I had I had uh Coy Dang on the show and uh, I'm gonna have some more of the guys. I'll have Rakeem and Calvin Jackson. I'll have some guys on the show and uh you know, we're just getting to, you know, Jeff, I didn't want to do this shit, man. And I told you, you know, you knew from the gate because we you always asked me to do one and I said, I ain't gonna do this shit and the company came after me and um they're a big company out near in LA and they've got a bunch of big people doing them and and I was like, you know what? I ain't doing shit, man. And I'm doing the books and I'm doing speaking engagements. I said, fuck it. I said, we'll set it up at the house. And I think you kind of like it now. It's you kinda, know, it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I don't know if I like it, Jeff, yet. But, you know, the thing is, I'm used to asking, getting the questions asked. I never wanted to do the questions. That's why I asked Spree. I said, man, I need somebody here to shoot the shit with at least so it's fluent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
and I said, you know what? And then, uh, you know, good friends of mine, and and, and they're, they're 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 public figures, and you know, I've had some great guests on, and I'm gonna have a lot bigger or more guests coming on. Mm-hmm. But we've had, you know, Marcellus Wiley and uh, Max Crosby and uh, Raiders DN, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, I'll have Michael Rapport. I've had Eddie George on. I've had some, you know, I have Charlie Ward coming on, and and, and Mark Jones, ESPN. Yeah, I think it's great, man. Yeah. No, I I really believe JB, it's it's a natural move for you you know and i know you were against it at first because i remember your and my conversation regarding it and you were like nah you know that isn't anything i want to do you know but i'm glad you're doing it i think it's going to be something that eventually if you haven't already kind of taken a liking to it you will you will eventually it's going to become um a real natural thing and i think you know the sky's the limit on what you're going to be able to do with it yeah you know it's it's, it's interesting man we're just talking real talk here and then uh jeff's a good dude man and you know i talked to my agent man and he's a smart guy you know it's like it's crazy it's like the more you go on the entertainment side on the scale the lower your coaching side on the scale goes see what i'm saying so right it, 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 you go you, you're gonna coach tip, or you're gonna be scale, in entertainment huh? you gotta tip the scale you're yeah. gonna and then especially me you know i say what the hell ever comes to my mind and so <laughs> which is podcast worthy so yeah so, yeah right <laughs> it's rating pr- uh, worthy but it, you know my coaching slide is going down and down and down you know <laughs> so, hey i don't know am i coaching again or what who knows but you know uh that might be good. That oh, might be good. Ever. He said, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't think that'll ever completely close down on the coaching part, man. I really don't. But yeah, I, I, I truly this. believe, you know, when one door closes, there's another one that opens. And oh, no doubt. Um, you know, this this is just another opportunity for JB to do something that, um, you know, again, that's what life is. It's it's the variety that keeps us interested in doing things. And if we do the same things all the time." We're going to get burned out, and uh, you know it's not going oh, yeah. to excite us anymore. No doubt, twenty-five years straight, man, coaching and playing. This is my first year off in twenty-five years straight consecutive. So it's been a been a fresh breath of air, you know. I, I shit, it's been a uh, been interesting. You know me, Jeff. I'm not. I don't do anything unless I'm 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 efficient at it, and I got two feet in on the deal, and uh, I'm either two feet in or two feet out. You know, I'm never one foot in or. One right. foot out. So I'm still trying to get both feet in. One foot's still out, uh, I think. Um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to get it. But I'm trying it, to get it if in. If you're there. not comfortable, I mean, if you're comfortable, you know, that's something wrong with that. You get, you have to be uncomfortable yeah. a little bit to grow. Yeah. Well, you got to be oh, comfortable. Absolutely. You got to be comfortable at being uncomfortable. Right. I used to tell my players that every day. Yeah. And my coaches, shit, you know. Right, um, right. No, I think it's great, man. I'm digging it for you. I really am. And yeah. uh, Do you I listen to them at all? Have you, have you heard any of them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I love listening to them, man. Um, you know, and I, and I think the thing is you have a unique enough format on what you're doing is I think that's going to set you apart from a lot of other people that are doing podcast-related stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of the niche in anything in life is you have to find that sweet spot. And um, everybody has one. It just takes a little while to locate it and, and really bring it out. No doubt. So you still got yours? Uh, you know, man, I really haven't been involved in mine too much lately. Um, to be real honest with you, uh, with working and, and doing the ball games and stuff, it, it's limited me on doing uh, too much of anything other than that. And I don't mean to sound like I'm the busiest guy in the world, but 
um, you know, on nights, you know, two or three nights a week, if I have basketball games and, you know, I work throughout the week, doesn't leave a whole lot of time. And I'm kind of like you, if I can't really be, uh, efficient and productive at what I do, then yeah. I really don't want to halfway do it. And mm-hmm. so I've been kind of standing away from it for the time being, but, uh, hopefully one of these days I'll get back into it. And, yeah. uh, when I do, I, I, you know, hopefully I can get it going and, and jump started again. No doubt. No doubt. Let me know, man. And, uh, promote the hell out yeah, of it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So what, uh, so what's life been like, man? <laughs> tell, tell everybody out there, man, how your life was before, last chance you showed up in independence and how it kind of how it is after i mean kind of i know you've you touched on it a little bit but you know yeah prior, prior to my first year there we hadn't met i got there year one i don't i don't remember us talking a lot during that first year there we went five and four uh you know we knocked off the big dogs first time in, in 20 30 years at independence and beat coffeeville highland hutch um and uh butler in the same year um Right. And we did that year one, um, and then we took on a forfeiture, obviously, year two. We had to forfeit a game because uh, of a, a, a bench-clearing riot before I got the job, which I had to inherit, unfortunate, which is shitty, uh, shitty rule. But, uh, you know, that year comes, we win, we finish tied for second in, the, in our first year there, and then the second year, obviously, we win it all, and uh, you're the voice of the Pirates on a nationally recognized or a global recognized show, and... Um, and then, you know, the third year we have a, a bad nucleus, and I think it was just a uh, one of those years. You coach long enough, you're going to have one of those years, um, or two or three of those years. But, um, you know, and uh, and it was one of those years that, you know, you know the situation. We were still the most talented team. We lost every damn game by one, two, three, seven. Um, we lose those games like that, and then uh, we have a bad year. And then, obviously, you know, I, I leave, and that whole shit show. And then how's it kind of been? I mean, um you know, I, I pushed hard to get Kyoshi the job, and uh, Tammy hired him, and then Tammy left, and then Dan Barwick, the president, left, and, wow. and it's a it's a whole new it's a whole new uh, regime there, um, and we don't have to get into all that shit. I don't care. But what what uh, how's it kind of been, man? I, I mean, obviously, you know, and tell the tell the fans how Independence was prior to to our arrival, and then how it's kind of been now as a, a nationally recognized, probably top five JUCO in the country as far as uh name well before you got here uh in independence um we were the doormat of the jayhawk conference had been for decades virtually maybe um, arguably arguably scheduled. the nation arguably the nation as oh, far I, as, and i think so yeah. I, I think so man i mean you know we uh we had went through so many you know one and ten seasons, two and nines, you know, two and eights. I mean, that was a typical time for what Independence had. Some years we'd go winless. Um, you know, I've been the voice of the Pirates for, I think, going on 18 years right now. And uh, it was really difficult for me to do those games as play-by-play broadcaster. I mean, when you're down 50 to nothing at halftime, what are you going to talk about? And, you know, to be real honest with you, I think it helped me more than anything. And it, it helped to make me who I am today. Not that I am, you know, top notch, you know, nationwide, but it helped me to grow and understand that I had to create on the air, you know, and being on the air for three plus hours doing a football game, 
by myself primarily. And, you know, you, you find ways to create and try to keep your audiences engaged. And that's, that's the most difficult thing to do when you're winning. It's easy Mm -hmm. because everything's going great. And let's face it, you know, it's easy to talk about how great your team is and you're blowing people out and you're winning all these games. Well, we were losing all the games and schools were scheduling us as their homecoming game. I mean, we were like the homecoming game four or five times a year, Wow! you know? And so that's just kind of a, a generalization of what it was like at Independence Community College before you got there, JB. And as you mentioned, your first year you come in and, and you shock the Jayhawk knocking off the big three. You guys finish five and four which was unheard of our first winning season in over 20 years at independence. And then the next year, the unspeakable and unthinkable happens. You win it all for the pirates. And we win our first bowl game in school history. Coupled with the fact you're the Jayhawk conference coach of the year. So it was the entire enchilada wrapped up into a Cinderella story. And it was all caught on film by Netflix last chance you, you know, and that made it even more special because basically we went from the outhouse to the penthouse in a blink of the eye and the community really had a hard time. I think grasping how fast things evolved. And I, I believe that was one of the things that was so shocking to everybody is how can it be turned around that fast? How can independence who has been the laughing stock in football, now be not only relevant, but they're the kingpins of the Jayhawk Conference. And as you mentioned, I think we are one of the top five programs in the United States. And that's something when it happens so quickly and swiftly, it scares people. And and I truly believe, you know, the diehard fans love it, of course, for the Pirates, you know, and they can't get enough of it. Um, but for those that are on the fence, on the outside looking in, they don't truly understand it. And, and it's, it's an unnerving time for them and a nervous time. And, you know, I think now since, you know, your regime has ended when you left Independence Community College, um, things obviously are a lot more slowed down. And I mean that in a positive way toward you. I just mean that we don't have the cameras here. We don't have all the hype. You know, we don't have, you know, people coming in from all over the country, you know, just wanting to be a part of the atmosphere of last chance you in independence, Kansas and small town, you know, Kansas and Southeast part of Kansas. I mean, that's never happened before and it never will again. I don't believe, but the truth of the matter is now uh, things I think are as good as they can possibly be. I think Kiyoshi Harris has done a great job carrying on the tradition you started and the legacy that you left him and you've been with him, you know him better than I do. And I consider him a really good friend of mine. Um, he's a great guy for the job because, you know, he does care about, what you've established and, and keeping independence relevant and making us a powerhouse and continuing to be strong in the Jayhawk. And that's the kind of stability we need that we've never had. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good uh, little segue into that is like, I was going to ask you too, no knock on, on Kiyoshi or anyone else, but 
I noticed I watched a few games online. Me and Ports were watching a few, and um, I noticed the crowd had diminished. I mean, it wasn't the crowd we were used to, obviously packed out and people, you know, 200 people outside trying to get in. They couldn't even get in the gate. Um, right. I saw the crowd was down a little bit. Is that because of the cameras, you think? Or did they think that, you know, I left and the quality left? Or what do you think that uh, had to do with? I mean, I... You know, it's kind of hard to... It, honestly, JB, I don't really know for sure. I mean, you can draw your own conclusion either way or a combination of everything. Um, I think the cameras had something to do with it. I mean, you remember obviously what it was like that first home game on the first year season three when netflix last chance you was there we had people coming out of the woodwork going to that game i mean i've done this like i say 18 years yeah Yeah. (laughs) 18 years i've been doing this and never ever ever have i had to wait to try to get into the game (laughs) right right Uh, You know, so, I mean, that tells you right there. And that was an hour and a half before game time. Wow. So, you know, that part of it, I think part of that is, yeah. Yeah. Tailgating on Thunder Road was unbelievably crazy. It was just bumper to bumper. Um, I think part of it was the cameras. I think also part of it um, is the fact that you were there. And... You know, you have that charisma, you know, whether people like it or they don't like it. I mean, a lot of times you're bigger than life. And and I think a lot of people came because they loved you and they wanted to see what you were going to bring to independence. And then you're going to have the haters haters that are going to show up. Yeah, we had that. are going to want to see you fail. (laughs) And it's a combination of things. You know, it's the love hate relationship. But that only happens when you have a magnanimous personality like yourself, when you're a bigger than life type of person. And when a person is like that, you're going to have both sides of it. You're going to have mm-hmm. the love and the hate. And, and I think it was kind of a ball of a combination of all that stuff. The cameras, you, the hype, uh, the possibility of what if independence you know, is nothing but a bust, a one-year wonder. You know, what they did the first year you were there, they surely can't do that again. And then there were those curiosity seekers that wanted to see maybe independence is for real, mm-hmm. you know. So it, there was so many storylines and bylines to what really was going on, you know, with that first season or season three on the cameras that, I mean, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around it. Uh, you know, because I was just biggest concern I had was that the cameras and all the hype were going to take away from what was going on on the field and the players wouldn't be able to stay focused. Right. And, and coaches. obviously and coaches. that didn't happen in year yeah. three. Yeah. I mean, the guys did unbelievably job as you know, and everyone else knows from watching last chance you, they won on the cameras they won in front of the world and that that made us you know the world's team the cowboys might be america's team the <laughs> dallas cowboys we were the world's team because you know yeah. everybody across the globe fell in love with the dream new pirate yeah, yeah. and that was a cool thing to be a part of no nah, no doubt no doubt i you know that's a story nobody knows out there jeff I, you might have known uh, if you were around year one 
But we had a scrimmage against Iowa Western year one. We scrimmaged them because we had a forfeiture game that we were supposed to play them week one. Um, but we didn't get to because we had the forfeiture that I inherited. So we we scrimmaged them. They came down to play us. Um, and um, we had a Kansan kid from uh, Parsons who was like all state was the world there in Kansas. He was the best player in in the whole area. And uh, he refused. He didn't want to. We were short. We had we had 10 on the field on a kickoff. And, he, and then we, I find out it was this fucker that didn't go out there. And he was a white kid from Parsons. And uh, so I berated him and, and motherfucked him up and down. And I grabbed him. And it was a scrimmage, you know. And uh, and I'm calling him everything in the book. And uh, I'm getting fucking booed. And this was this was a scrimmage, right? And uh, so game one, we played Fort Scott. And uh, the crowd brought soap bars in the crowd and they they all they all said i needed to uh, eat a, a bar of soap because i had a potty mouth and uh i'll never forget that shit man it was a good great kid man he was a great kid but he, his ass was scared to go out on kickoff because you know he's seen all them fucking uh black kids i think but uh he uh he he was scared as a, a, a whore in church, man. Let me tell you. Uh, his, his ass didn't want to go out there, and I, they were fucking throwing soap bars on the on the sideline at me. Tammy was like, what in the fuck did I get myself into? Wow. So that started that started the magnanimous uh, personality, I think, in Independence. And that's why I think you got a sold-out crowd every game, and they wanted to see me cuss out a ref or – a player or a coach or, you know, how good we were going to be. And obviously, uh, you know, and, you know, you know, Jeff, everyone that don't know the stories, the real stories that weren't on the show, I mean, you know, we we took a lot of heartache, a lot of battles we had internally with the, with the, with the community in there, uh, play practicing at the, at the municipal field out there because of we practice at five in the morning mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people thought I was crazy. We, we practiced at five in the morning, and and obviously we had the highest graduation rate, the highest GPA, the most kids graduated and and moved on to four year schools in the history of junior college, in my three years. And um, you know, we did that for a reason because I think the kids had to go to sleep at night, stop the drama in the dorms. One, two, it made them go to school right after, and they were up and they went to class, and we had the highest attendance records, GPAs, all that shit. And it was a method to the madness, and people didn't realize it, but they saw, they heard me cussing at five in the morning. Wow! And we're in a community, as you know, where the stadium was. It's it's nestled around not only a, the largest cemetery in Kansas, um, but it's a it's nestled around a lot of homes. And uh, I never I never came there to to bother people at five in the morning, but you know, community members heard me yelling at the team and all that at five in the morning. And so we got email after email after email from people in the community pissed off. And Tammy and Dan had to deal with that. But like I said, uh, you know, I was boisterous about it. I said, you know what? It was real quiet at five in the morning when you fuckers were shitty and lost. So yeah, take the yelling and let's, let's win some fucking games. Well, that's true. And you can't have it both ways. That's the problem. And I think, you know, the people love the winning side of it. They they were, you know, extremely happy that all of a sudden Independence Community College Pirates were winning games and, and winning the conference. But unfortunately, a lot of times at the price that you have to pay to win, not everybody is on board. 
to accept what it takes to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was one of the big things that, you know, the, and I'm going to use the term haters and I'm going to use the term fence walkers because you've got some of them that, you know, do walk the fence, you know, they'll, they'll support the pirates, but they're not necessarily all in on what it takes to get to a championship caliber team. And, and I think unfortunately in any rural area and not just Kansas, but I think probably anywhere in the country, if it's a small rural area, we're under 10,000 people in independence. You're going to have people with, you know, jaw dropping looks on their face when they hear language that they aren't comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to be part of it. It doesn't matter if it's Jason Brown saying it or it's somebody else saying it, you know, it makes no difference. They're not going to be used to it and they're not necessarily going to accept it. But (laughs) you know, the funny thing was when we were winning all those games, you didn't hear a lot of those naysayers and, and the negative comments, you might've heard people say, well, and I don't like the language or I don't like this or that, but you didn't hear a lot uh, of chatter about, you know, well, all these things are going wrong at the school and this and that and so forth. That wasn't coming out, mm. you know, because winning heals a lot of wounds and it, and it takes care uh, of a lot of haters and naysayers. And it really keeps them silenced. And, you know, I thought it was interesting um, after that, well, season three, which would have been your second year there at Independence, um, after the bowl game win, those people virtually disappeared. You never even heard anything from them anymore. Now, when year four came around, or, or year four, season four on Last Chance U, obviously, and, you know, here's the ironic thing, JB, and I don't know if you remember, I remember you telling me before that season four started that you said, you know, Jeff, this year could be a meltdown year for us. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, no way. We got all these dudes here. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're picked to be the champions again. You know, we were preseason number one pick. And you're like, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. He goes, don't be surprised if something happens. Yep. And it was a premonition. I will never forget that him telling me that. And I thought, and as the season went on spree, Mm -hmm. it blew me away because I'm like, Oh my God, this is coming true. Wow. You know, know, and it did. Yeah. When you do it long enough, man, your gut tells you certain things. You know, when you, when I knew, I knew that we had a nucleus that was there for other reasons other than going to school, performing on the field, and getting a scholarship. They were there for a globally recognized show. And as you know, I turned down, fuck, two, three, four hundred people um, from coming to school. Plus, we had a hundred people just show up, and we didn't even know who the fuck they were. Craziness. And and we're just like, holy shit, you know, that's how powerful those cameras are. Plus, you know, they don't show on the show, you know. Seven coaches being that I had to let go, and 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 numerous kids, thirty plus kids, I had to cut from you know everything from stealing at Walmart to whatever. And I tell people all the time, you know, my teams have always won six days out of the week, and that leads to winning the seventh day, which is game day. And people never understood what that meant. And I said, listen, every team I've ever had, I've always bought and and what the shit that I've sold, and uh, 
we've always won six days out of the week. And that means doing right in the community, study hall, weight room, practice, um, you know, going to class, uh, academically. We've always won those six days. And that, and it, th- that year came and we were losing these games by one and one and three and seven. And then we get blown out by the worst team. And I told the team, you don't deserve to win a fucking game because you don't act right the six days out of the week that leads up to that seventh day. And I said, that's just a true. I'll, 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 I'll go to the grave believing that that is a true statement. You got to win six days out the week. I don't give a fuck if you're a uh, RV salesman and you in your seventh day is a huge convention and you need to sell a bunch of motorhomes or if you if you fuck up all six days of the week leading up to that, you're gonna lose on that seventh day. Same deal, yeah. And that goes into music business, and, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're a rapper, and you know your sales are gonna be shitty if those six other days are shitty. And I, I just think that's true for anything uh, in the world that we live in, and I think it's experience based uh, world that we live in, and I think that uh, it goes for it, it's no more. Uh, true than it is in football and I think you have to always act right and do right in order to win games I just think the football gods worked out that way and uh, it's been that way you know me and Spree played on the 0-10 Compton College team uh, after they had been on hiatus for a suspension for probation being a uh, uh, doing a bunch of illegal shit before my coach our coach got the job we go 0-10 we lost in that same fashion as well we lost every one, every game one seven three one yeah. And and, right. and, yeah. and and Jeff, people don't know, we had dudes smoking weed in the in the locker room at halftime, drinking forty ounces. Uh, you know, <laughs> you 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 name it. We had all this shit going on, and you know, football gods ain't gonna let you win on game seven and day seven. And uh, right, and I think that's just true to the to the to to the fact that that's what it goes, man. But uh, I don't know. Speaking of that, coach, I mean. How did how did the community, Jeff? If you know, how did the what was the shop talk like? You know, out here we call we go to the barber shop and get all the local news and, and we talk, you know, shop. How was it out there for you? Did you hear any whispers of uh, the hate for Coach uh, JB or or the love for him? Was, was there a lot of talk? <laughs> Drinking some coffee or tea? You mean when he was there or after the fact? Yeah, yeah. Well, after the fact, how, did you have any sense of uh, anybody talking? Was it good for, you know, man, for Kansas or bad? Or uh, You know, I think there's going to be those that, you know, are totally loyal to JB and always will be. Mm-hmm. You know, they love him. And, you know, that's never going to change. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people say, you know, or, or what the rumor mill is. That doesn't change their mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and JB knows those people. He, you know, he knows there's, there's many of those people that still remain. Uh, in independence. And then you're going to have those that, um, since day one, um, they weren't comfortable with what type of changes were being made and, and how, uh, coach Brown was running the program and they, you know, they had their own opinion for it and they were just waiting for the fall. And so again, those people surface when things go bad. And that's what, you know, I kind of alluded to is after the year, um, you know, the first year that Netflix was there and we won it all. We won the Jayhawk Conference. We won that first bowl game ever in school history. Those people faded away. You never heard of them. Right. right. They disappeared, you know. And then uh, all of a sudden they start showing back up when things aren't going good and they let, you know, themselves be heard uh you know all of a sudden you hear the rumor mill and 
and different type of things being said and and, the, and I get think the platform just, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, and that's the nature. I don't know if it's it's just the grapevine of a small town talk, mm-hmm. but I think it's the nature of human beings. Right. Some people just want to see others fail. Mm-hmm. And if they can't achieve <sighs> anything in their life, they don't want anyone else to achieve. Right. And they're just waiting for something negative to happen. And unfortunately, I know that happened. And, um, you know, that, that bothered me because I know coach Brown well enough that I know that, you know, he, he loves those kids. I know what he wants to do for those kids. He wants to take them to the next level, but he wants them to do it the right way. He wants them to earn it in the classroom. And, you know, your talent on the field will attract the recruiters to the school. Mm-hmm but your performance in the classroom will nail down scholarship. Mm. And if you can't have that combination, you're not leaving Juco. You're going to fade away and you're going to be a failure and he won't let that happen. And that, that was the thing that impressed me even more than us winning was seeing what these kids were accomplishing class and in their lives and moving on and now seeing the Rakeem Boyds dominate, you know, at the, the Division One level for Arkansas. Um, you know, there's just so many great stories that have came out of it, you know, and um, I, that's something that I've never had at Independence Community College. We, I mean, man, the thing was, if we ever had recruiters that showed up at Independence, you know, we were having to invite them. We were having them buy them food just to get them into the office, <laughs> you know. When JB was there, there's a lot of times there's recruiters, D1 recruiters, they're bringing food for the pirate coaching staff. So right. that's how huge of a turnover and a turnaround that was. And that's the special part and some of the, the really special things that I remember uh, during JB's time in Independence. And, and, I, and I truly believe, you know, Coach Harris, he's going to do a great job. I mean, we won the Jayhawk Conference you know, this past year and, um, two out of three years independence has been Jayhawk conference champions. Mm. That's heard of. Mm. Um, and you know, another thing that I think that is kind of a stigma that goes along with the change of the guard is now independence is all of a sudden relevant in the last three or four years in the Jayhawk conference. And so we win the conference title this past year and we don't get a bull bid. And it's the first time in 50 years that a junior college champion has not received a bowl bid. And independent. I was going to ask you about once that. again. Because, you, yeah, know, you, know, you know, I wasn't allowed that shit. We were, we were going <laughs> to. I know, man. We, we would have got a bowl game. But, but you it, know, do you think. unbelievable. Do you, do you think it was because they were, there's a forfeitures and shit like that or. or you, you know, know, man, honestly, what I, what I think it was is I think it was the fact that we are controversial and we always will be, that's never going to change because independence is not considered to be one of the blue bloods of the Jayhawk conference. Um, you know, we're, we're all of a sudden kind of, and I hate to use this term, but I'm going to, we're kind of the stepchild of the Jayhawk conference. And now with us knocking off the blue bloods and shaking the conference upside down, I don't believe we're accepted on the same level as the other top 
three, four schools, you know, that have been there year after year, you know, the Coffeeville, the Butlers, the Hutch, the Gardens, you know, I just don't think that we're still accepted in the same air of greatness as they are. And, and I, we could win the title the next three, four years in a row. And I don't, I still don't think that's going to change. Yeah. You know, I just think that's the perception that there is in the Jayhawk conference among the fraternity of coaches. Now we've got new coaches coming in this next year, uh, in the Jayhawk. So it might change a little bit, but, um, it, it just, that's kind of the vibe that I get is people always kind of have looked down at independence because like we don't belong, you know, there's no way that you guys belong up here with us. And how dare you come in and take a conference title away from these other teams that, you know, have always shared it or won it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, I mean, I was talking to but friends of mine out there and, and, uh, in that league and, and in the state, and, you know, they were just like, you know, half of it, I think JB is because you're gone. It's not relevant. It's not important. So, Fuck, why, why have independence go waste a bowl game? One of our bowl bids um, on a team that's not really going to have the following that they did. Uh, one, not being boastful, but just that's just what people right. are telling me. And then the other one was, you know, the fact that they had the forfeiture, which to me is kind of bullshit, but they had the forfeiture game. Plus, Butler was, was, was 20, 30 guys down, they said, because of the fight they had with Hutch and, and Andy ran them out the out the out the stadium um by beating them and they were like that wasn't our team because you look at it look at the voting Butler didn't vote for fucking Indy to go to a bowl game mm-hmm. and and then Butler gets a bowl bid come on you know right that's right. just that uh it's that good old boy network that that that's what it was and, yeah and, that's and, and you know it it does taint taint it unfortunately because of the forfeiture but then again it's happened, you know, in the past to, to other schools in the Jayhawk that sure. some other team has had to forfeit and somebody else is the recipient and it elevates them up to the top and they are all of a sudden the champion when they were tied for second or whatever the case is. Yeah. And and I think it's, it's just opportunity presents itself for whatever the reason. And if it would have been Hutch that received the forfeiture or Butler been, or, yeah. or who, nobody would have said anything. Nope. Mm. You know, yeah. it would have just been the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, still, you know, that's I think they're the still thing. mad at, uh, that JB was once there. But that's just, that's just <laughs> well, I, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, what is. you did yeah. when you came in and shook up the conference again, you turned it upside down. And when that happens, it's going to be next to impossible for anybody to ever forget that. And that leaves an indelible mark on everyone throughout the conference. And, and like I say, now there's been a change of guard in the head coaching at some of the, some of those schools and stuff. So, you know, there may be a little bit of forgiveness going forward, you know, and uh, a little more open-mindedness now. I don't know. That remains to be seen, but it didn't have been a combination of a lot of things as to why we didn't get the bowl bid i you know for me yes i would have loved to went back to another bowl um the reality is i hated it for the kids because those are the guys that's about blood sweat and tears you know that did everything they needed to do to get to that point and then you have the rug pulled out from under you and now somehow some way coach harris has to try to explain to them why we didn't get the bowl bid yeah. There is no explanation. Mm-hmm. It's politics. He probably said, "JV." And 
it's because nobody likes JB in the conference. So. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. That's what he said. Uh, well, that would have been an easy way out, I hell suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, man. Um, we we took some fan questions, so I got some fan questions, man. What was one of the okay. things? What was one of the things the cameras missed, or what should they have shown, in your opinion? You know, man, I think there was a lot more history of independence that was not shown on Netflix. Um, you know, again, I mean, and I'll use just for example. I mean, the fact it never was once mentioned. You know how Mickey Mantle played you know, back in the minor league baseball game, the first game under lights there in the stadium that we played our football games in, that was never brought up. Um, You know, I just think there's some things. Independence is a really cool little town, and it's got a lot of of, of neat stuff going on and things that have happened in the past. What was that? What was um, the monkey? What was the monkey that went? Yeah, Miss Abel. Abel. Yeah, Miss Abel was the first monkey ever shot into space. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I, again, I just think that there's some things that have been highlighted, um, but then you and I both know how many thousands of hours of film ends up on the cutting floor to try to pump it into a 40 or 45 minute Mm. episode. And you only have eight of those to put together to try to make a storyline make sense and, and be attractive to your viewers all over the world. You know, I never want to take anything away from what Greg Whiteley did or does. I think he's brilliant. I think, you know, what he does on camera and on TV, it's masterful. And I I just think there was a couple things that they could have highlighted a little bit more and really brought to light and, and shown independence as not just another little rural town in the middle of the country. Um, you know, cause we do, we have some pretty cool things that have happened here and still continue to happen. And, uh, you know, we've got some great people in the community and, uh, it's a proud community for a small town. And granted, I know, you know, people, if they come in from the outside and look at it, they're like, well, you know, this is just a little podunk town and uh, there's a million of them across the United States. And, uh, on the outside looking in, it may be that way. But you know there was some there was some things I think they could have touched on. No doubt, as Stogie opens the garage door and comes in like a human. Um, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> there's a couple other questions. What? What was your first impression of me, and how did it change if it did, etc.? You know, I remember the first time we met. I'm not sure if you remember or not. Uh, Tammy in- introduced us. Okay. And uh, we were at Uncle Jack's. Was that and, drunk? Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't think so. You didn't act drunk as far as I, I know. Never, I never act drunk, uh, by the way. No, no, you know. Um, you know, I just, I thought um, at the time that I met you, um, I thought, you know what? I like the fact that you had eye contact with me. Yeah. We shook hands. You kept eye contact. You didn't bounce all over the room or look down at the floor or, you yeah. know, you never had what I call the shifty eyes. That never <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I put a lot of stock in that when I meet people. No. Um, if you can't look me in the eye, I have a problem with that. And yeah. it always makes me wonder either I'm not worthy of your attention or you have something to hide. No. 
no doubt. And um, every day's an interview. Happened. Every day's an interview, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. And that never happened from the get go. And here's the thing, honestly, JB, that I probably remember most. And it was just two or three days after we met. Um, I was out at Walmart, and you were at Walmart with Coach Harris, and you were walking coming toward me down the main aisle of Walmart there in Independence. And we had only met briefly when Tammy introduced me. You made it a point to say hi to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that meant a lot to me um, because I thought right then, I was like, this is a stand-up guy. You know, I mean, we've met one time briefly for two or three minutes and just chit-chatted. And you stopped and made a point to say hi to me and how's it going. And I thought, you know what? That's pretty cool. So right out of the gate, um, you, you know, you sure he didn't pick your pocket, Jeff? <laughs> he, 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 he didn't pick your pocket, did he? I think that... <laughs> and Jeff, you got to watch this well, dude. I'll tell you what, Spree, if he did, he would have been really disappointed. <laughs> hey, Jeff, and then. He would have probably stuffed something in my pocket. <laughs> Hey, Jeff, and then all the viewers out there, they probably, uh, based on how I was depicted, uh, they probably thought I left you, and I just sprinted down the hall and just started motherfucking little babies. <laughs> so that's just, you know, that's just what people think I just was cussing kids out at Walmart. Man. That was one of the funniest things I ever heard you say, was that people think I go out to Walmart and make little babies cry. Yeah, yeah no shit. Oh, Goddamn. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, seriously, man, I, I really, when I first met you, that meant a lot to me, our, our, you know, our first encounter or first meeting. And I think that's kind of the selling point with anybody anywhere in the world is your first meeting means a lot. Oh, and, um, but that stands out to me, but you know, it never changed. You know, I, I only got to the point where I liked you more because I got to know you. I got to see the humor that you have. I got to see, you know, how you look at things and how you take things and, and your slant on, on how things unfold around you. And, um, you know, I've laughed harder probably in the time that I've known you than I ever have any time in my life. So if that tells people there is a totally different side to Jason Brown that they may not know, um, I can tell you right now, man, the guy's got a great sense of humor and you will die laughing around him, uh, oh, yeah. just being around him. La- so, last no, question. It, it was all good. I got oh, yeah. two questions left. Um, leading into what you just said, what was your favorite story of me while you were there? Um, something along those lines. If you have one, I don't know. We're on the slap dick podcast. So you might as well say it. Jay. There's, there's, there's probably a lot of them, but I, you know, I'll just, for the sake of time being of doing it, um, this one, I don't know if you remember or not. You remember when we were coming back from Lawrence after you went up there and did that, that speaking engagement at the university of Kansas. Yeah. And we were, we were coming back and we were coming through Burlington, Kansas. And of course you were driving your caddy <laughs> and I had made mention. I was like, Hey bro, you better kind of watch your speed through here. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, there's a lot of hypos out about, and you're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm not going very fast. <laughs> so we're flying along. We're flying along spree, mind you. And, uh, all of a sudden I have this funny feeling. There's this dark SUV that's coming toward us in the other lane and it passes us. 
and I look in the side view mirror. I'm riding shotgun. I look mm-hmm. in the side view mirror, and sure enough, it does a U-turn oh, real I quick. See it. And, yeah. And here it comes, and the lights are on. Anyway, it's it's wow. it's a, a sheriff from that area, and he pulls JB over, and, and he comes up, and uh, he asks JB, he goes, uh, you know, why I pulled you over? And JB's like, no, no, I don't have any idea. And he's like, well, I clocked you doing ninety two, and JB goes ninety two. He goes, that seems kind of fast. And he goes, well, sir, that's the reason I pulled you over. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> for me, I, I thought it was pretty funny, but oh, yeah. I, you know, I know at the time. <laughs> that's right. JB just sat there and had that look on his face. He looked over at me. You know the look. Kind of like, oh, man, you know. Right after he but tells that, you he's not going too fast, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like, no, nah, man, I'm not going very fast. I was like, all right, uh, wow. I think you're going 92, you know. But shit, anyway, I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot of stories that, honestly, that um, that JB had that I, you know, had remembered. But that one there just it struck me funny just because of the way that it unfolded. JB never lost his composure, never lost his cool. He just kind of looked over at me and rolled his eyes, you know, when yeah. the guy said that. And, and it was all I could do, man, not just start busting out laughing. Yeah, I didn't yeah. figure that'd probably help our chances yeah. any, but. That's pretty good for me. Cause I'm pretty bad with cops. Usually I cuss them out. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, like, I think you just yeah. stuffed the ticket in the glove box with the rest of them. So. <laughs> they like, uh, they like fucking referees to me, man. Um, here's another question. Last one for you. Uh, what is a main thing or one thing a lot of people misunderstood about me or the program that I was leading at the time? You know, um, I, I would say probably the main thing is, is I think some people thought that you were doing it for yourself. And you were doing what you were doing for the attention for yourself (laughs) and for your own accolades. And it was not for the team or the program or the kids. And that had been mentioned to me on more than one occasion. Um, And, you know, and I knew in my mind, and I, of course, told them my opinion when it was said to me that, uh, like, I totally disagree with that because I know – what these kids mean to coach Brown. And I know what he's trying to do for these kids. Now, whether you agree with how he's doing it, that's up to you. But the reality is I know he's not doing what he's doing for his own benefit. That's not what this is all about. He can go anywhere he wants to in the country and coach football. You know, what he's trying to do is turn a program around that has been in the shitter for decades and trying to make us relevant and along the way show these kids how to improve their life and also really plan for what's going to happen after football. You know, you can't play forever. You've got to have some other plan and option and that's where your education has to come in. And so I think that was the thing that, you know, disappointed me on when somebody had said that to me on a couple occasions and, and I thought, you know, I totally disagree with that because I know better. I know what he's doing. Yeah. I see it. And I also see what these kids are benefiting and how they reap 
and reward. And that's what life is. It's risk and reward. And uh, Coach Brown basically, you know, risk his time and effort in putting into what he did to independence and to the college and the football program. And, uh, you know, unfortunately some people were on board and, and some people didn't see it that way. And, um, but you can't change everybody's opinion that's and right. you're surely not going to be a friend to everyone. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no doubt, Jeff. You know how that is, man. It's, it is what it is. I had broad shoulders. I accepted the deal and, I didn't give a shit about the cameras, as you know. It was the damn microphones that fuck with me. So right, uh, right. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm gonna say what I say. You know, we had a lot well, of good times. You, you, know. you brought the cameras to Independence, brother. Oh, I'm yeah. just gonna say that. And I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that out and go on record for saying that you're the reason uh, that Netflix and Last Chance You came to Independence. Well, and you know, people that are good or bad with that. That's the truth of the matter. And, you know, like I say, you've given a lot of people a lot of opportunity because those cameras were here. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of people that are in a lot better I, position I think now. We, I think we made the town quite a bit of money, if I'm not mistaken. Shit. I think <laughs> so. I'm, I'm sure that that's another some, podcast, you know. That's yeah, a whole nother There was podcast. some revenue. <laughs> there was revenue made. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no doubt about it. And, and you know, there's still people, honest to goodness, because I still, you know, walk my dog Floyd out there um, uh, uh, near the stadium and the cemetery. There's still people that come by to see the, the stadium oh, yeah. that oh, aren't well. from here. Right. You know? Uh, no doubt. Yeah. So, I'm, anyway, uh, it's made an impact all over the world, man. And, um, you know, like I say, um, I appreciate everything, you know, that you've done for me and, um, you'll always be my brother. There's no doubt about that. And, and I know that, you know, some people in independence, they're never going to change their way of thinking, but I don't really think you care too much about that. That's my opinion. I haven't lost a lot of sleep, Jeff. <laughs> um, I haven't lost a lot of sleep. And you know, Jeff, me, you know, me being honest, man, I, I didn't give a two squirts of piss about winning football games in Independence. I gave I gave a shit about getting those kids scholarships, which we did more than anybody in the country. And as you know, you right. might have your favorite players and your favorite guys that came through there, but obviously we'll probably have 10 to 12 guys get drafted next year off those two shows. Yep. And, uh, you know, Rakeem obviously, you know, being the top rusher in the SEC two years uh, on the worst team in the SEC. Uh, I think, you know, his choice of coming back is, 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 uh, you know, I've had my discussions with him, and I've had him talk to Eddie George and different things. And, um, you know, running back being this most short-lived position in the NFL, we have our own, uh, you know, opinions on everything. But, you know, hey, he's a loyal kid, and, and that's what I told him. I said, hey, you always were a loyal kid, and that's the good part about you. And he wants that college atmosphere, and, and he wants to go out a winner. And so I think they will be better this year, obviously. And, uh you know, he's just one of many stories, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of guys come through there that, uh, shit, a lot of guys that didn't even play for us still went Division One, and, and, and Jeff, and people don't know, we've had 30 kids graduate in the last couple of weeks uh, or months um, from the four-year institution after leaving us. So, uh, again, my reputation precedes itself as far as not having those kids get kicked out of four years, not going to jail, graduating. You know, I've had, uh, I think, 131 kids now graduate with their bachelor's degree, out of uh, you know, I've sent 220 plus to Division One. 131 of them, I think, just graduated with their degree, 
And, um, you know, 26 of them, I believe, have their masters now. And a lot of them are now educators or athletic directors or coaches. So, you know, I, I built my own tree on the, on the end of it, too. Especially 13 coaches have gone Division One. You know, Spree went to the convention with me. A lot of those guys, um, you know, Seth Hessness was coaching at Minnesota now. You know, he was coaching tight ends with us. And, um, and, and, the, and the story goes – and the list goes on and on. Coach Grimes at Texas A&M, I mean – you know Dante, uh, you knew well. He's he's been at two division ones. Right. He just got another job. So you know those guys, uh, those guys I pushed for to get jobs, man, because those coaches believed in what I, what I sold them, and they knew that my my word was going to be honest. I was going to tell them, no, he's a shit bird, or no, he's worth it, and that's why thirteen coaches got jobs, and um, you know that's the most of anybody. So that's just uh, that's just some of the things we did, and. Uh, you know our footprints are let are, are are imprinted in the sand in Independence for good for history and we made history and you were part of that and uh, I appreciated the ride man it was a good one and uh, you know I miss doing our interviews at Turbos on Thursday nights and uh, you know those are good times man whether it was fucking twenty below zero or or one hundred and eighty <laughs> that's that's the two that's the two weathers you get in Independence you get fucking it's one hundred and eighty or or it's fucking below eighty. <laughs> You're right, man. It's one extreme or the other. That's the old saying in Kansas. You don't like the weather. Stick around. It's going to change. So, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, no doubt. But no, man, it was it was a great ride, JB. I, I appreciate it. And Spree, uh, hey. you're you're ne- you're next to a great guy, man. You really are. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I uh, I envy uh, the fact that you get to do the the podcast with him. And I know that uh, they're going to be super successful. They're going to continue to get uh, a huge growing audience and. Um, you know, I appreciate having me on tonight, and uh, yeah, we you know, appreciate just, you. Uh, yeah, man, don't be a stranger, guys. Hit <laughs> me up whenever, and uh, been a great we'll one. Be man. Happy it's to, been a great one. Happy to chop it up, some brother. You know, do it again. Make sure you guys, uh, as we as we sign out here, make sure you guys follow Jeff at JC Radio Sports on his social media. Is that both, or you just got Twitter, or what? Yeah, primarily I'm on Twitter, man. Um, yeah. You know, I don't do too much on Facebook or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, you know, you can you can follow me on Twitter. I'm you know I'm on LinkedIn also, so yeah. um, you know I'm out there as well. And uh, I'll tell you something real quick before um, yeah. we get out of here. What are you thinking about the big game coming up this next Sunday, man? Who you know, you, like? you know, I played for the Chiefs obviously and briefly, and we took the team there and the, the old equipment guy that was there when I played obviously was still there and he let us have the full on Monty tour. It was great. Um, were you with us? Uh, no, I didn't get to go because I drove yeah. up the next morning. That's right. That's that was, right. that was on what the, yeah. that was, was that the Highland game? Yep. 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 Highland yeah. Game. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, man, my gut tells me it's, it reminds me of the Rams and the new England Patriots. Uh, when the new England, when the Rams had the best show on turf, they played a New England team that was unified and, and, and had a great defense, and it, it's, again, that same situation. I don't think Garoppolo's Tom Brady, but at the same time, I think their defensive front is similar to the Giants' front when they beat the Patriots when they were 18-0. and 0. Um, It reminds me of that game, man, and as being a coach, I'm leaning that the Niners, with their defense and their running game and their, you know, I think the head coach there uh, does a great job play calling. I think that if they control the game and are not down in the game, um, 
they're unlike the Titans, they're unlike the Texans in the fact that if they get up like those two teams did, um, which will be the argument to my 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 discussion here, I think the, the 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 Niners are different in the fact that their running game and their defense is so much better um, than the other two teams that were up on the Chiefs. I think it'd be hard for the Chiefs um, to come back from that because of the ball control offense that the Niners will have, plus that defense um, with veterans in the back in the back row, such as Richard Sherman and and uh, leadership like that, who's already won a Super Bowl. I think that just that carries a lot of weight. Um, now, if the if the Chiefs get up fourteen nothing, I think the game is over. It, it, it can get ugly quick. I think the, the, the Chiefs can vertically vertically threaten you uh, like no other team in the NFL. Obviously, with their speed, they are the fastest team in the in the league. Um, they got a couple of JUCO guys, as you know. One of their running backs, uh, Darwin, played played against us in our bowl game. Um, right, right. Uh, at NEO, but uh, you know. Um, it's a tough pick for me, man, because it's a number one over. It's the number one D, and a good friend of mine, Eric Bieniemy, coaches over there with the Chiefs. And um, you know, my coaching side of me is going to take the Niners in a close one. Uh, my fan pick would be the Chiefs uh, in a shootout. I just don't know if Garoppolo can make the plays to have a true shootout. I just think it's going to be a I think if the Niners win, it'll be a a 28-25 game. If the Chiefs win, I think it's going to be a 42-28 game. And uh, I just about, you know, I know I'm on the fence here, but I I will make my pick down this next week. But right now I think I'm leaning towards the Niners in a a game that that the coach there understands it because he had a big lead on the Patriots as the play caller for the Atlanta Falcons a few years ago and let it get away from him. Um, right, and now he's the head coach, and I think he's learned. As he's only forty years old, but I think he's learned as a young coach. And I think if he can uh, get his guys to do what he says and buy in, I think the Niners are going to be hard to to, to, to beat. But uh, again, you know, the Chiefs again are, are are dynamic, so we'll see, man. It's going to be interesting. But that's the yeah. coaches talking. That's a coach of me talking there, and uh, it'll it'll be an interesting. <laughs> I think it'll be a good game, though. I think it's the best two teams. Obviously, I, I picked the Seahawks yeah. to, to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but. But uh, the Chiefs still made it. But you know, we'll see. I, you know, I hate yeah. the Niners, man. Growing up as a Ram fan, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a great game myself. Spree, how about you, man? Who are you picking? Uh, I'm going with the black quarterback. I hate to say it, I, I want a black quarterback to win it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, he, 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 I mean, I think he's the sentimental favorite. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and they 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 are dynamic offensively. I mean, they're averaging forty three points a game in the postseason, and yeah. but the Niners are only giving up fifteen points defensively. So JB, yeah. yeah, you hit the nail right on the head, man. It's it's the big O against the big D, and yeah, uh, I think it'll be a great game. Um, you know, I being in Kansas, you know, and I have two brothers who live in Kansas City. Of course, Chiefs would be the sentimental pick. They haven't been there in fifty years, and. Um, but there is a guy that, um, Robert Alberino Jr., who's the vice president and executive producer at, for the 49ers, has been a really kind guy to me. I actually met him via social media, uh, on Twitter. Um, he contacted me actually and just said, Hey, you know, I saw you on, uh, Last Chance You. I really loved your energy and you calling the games. He goes, You're a star, Jeff. And I had to laugh at that. But, um, he's just a real genuine, he's a genuine guy. And, and actually 
he's been with the Niners for seven years now, since 2013. And prior to that, he was with the Kansas City Chiefs in the same capacity. So it's interesting, you know, how those roads intertwine and meet. But he is a great guy. So I'm going to kind of lean to the Niners because I'd like to see Robert, uh, you know, come out on top and win it all. But uh, I think it's going to be a great game. And, uh, you know, Hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, I know America's going to be watching closely because it's going to be uh, an exciting game. No doubt, no doubt. You are a star, man. Shit, like I told a lot of people, you should be a D1 announcer. There's no question. You got the voice and the, the knowledge and Definitely. The charisma and all that shit, man. It's unfortunate. You're in a, you're in a town of 9,000 people and, and until the show got out there. You know, I argue this all the time. If the show came out and you were doing this at 30 years old, you'd, you'd probably be a uh, uh, Kansas City Chief announcer or, or K-State or KU announcer. Somebody would have probably scooped you, but um, you know yeah. how that is, man. Uh, time oh, yeah, man. It's yeah. it's right place at the right time and everything in life. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm uh, certainly blessed with the opportunity to, to be on the show and to be a part of, you know, when you were at Independence, JB, and I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for your comments. But, you know, the reality is uh, I'm thankful I can do what I do no matter where I'm at. And, um, you know, it's not something everybody can do or has an opportunity to do it. And uh, even if I'm in Southeast Kansas, um, you know, I still enjoy being around the kids in the program. So, um, you know, like I say, that's, that's a huge benefit to me. But, uh, you know, somehow, some way, man, hopefully our paths will crisscross again and uh, we'll get to hang out. Oh, no doubt about it, brother. Hey, you ain't doing shit on the Super Bowl Sunday. Come on down. I'm going to do a live podcast. And, oh, yeah. And uh, Greg will be here with the cameras and uh, they'll be filming us. And uh, we'll do uh, we'll have some fun, man. A couple of buddies coming over and we'll have a little party. But I told Tammy. Sounds good. So. Sounds good, brother. <laughs> hey, brother, it's good hey, talking guys, to you, man. You. And uh, I'll stay in touch, Definitely. brother. All right, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Thank, thank you so much, guys. All, All right, brother. Right. Take care. Peace. Bye. Oh, yeah. Good talking to Jeff, man. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. Great, one of the great humans in this in this game, man. Uh, yeah. Good shout-out to Jeff. And uh, make sure you're following us on YouTube. Make sure you follow the real coach underscore JB and Spreewell Inc. And for JB and my man Spree, episode 17 is in the books. Again, rest in peace, Kobe Bean Bryant and his daughter. Uh, what a fucked up tragedy happened today. And, uh, and uh, you know, hey, God be easy on their soul. And, and for the JB and Spree, episode 17, Slapdick Pod, we're out. Out of here. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Best fight of God, man. I'm just telling you.